If you've got a Bible, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 9. We're going to be looking at uh, Luke chapter 9 and Luke chapter 10 a little bit tonight. Uh, again, kind of piggybacking on our, our message from today about discipleship. It's uh, so important that we get on the path of to, to discipleship. If you look through the Gospels, there are lots of people who would follow Jesus' ministry. Uh, there were multitudes, large groups of people who, uh, who would follow after him just to see the show, just to get a nice meal. There were uh, groups both large and small, uh, both men and women referred to as disciples. We see uh, 70 that are sent out in Luke chapter 10 who are disciples of Jesus to do miracles and to, to heal the sick and uh, to cast out demons. We know about the 12 disciples in Jesus' inner three. And then we have the one, the one who proclaimed first that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, uh, which was Peter. You and I should aim and want to be on the inside and not on the outside. The problem is uh, with our churches, we have had for our goal and aim for, for many, many years to attract the multitudes and sometimes attracting the multitudes becomes more important to us and seems to be more significant to, to us than making disciples. And making disciples is a very difficult. Give me enough money and we can get a crowd. But making disciples takes time and it takes life on life. And if we want to make disciples, we've got to make sure that we are disciples ourselves first. And discipleship comes with a cost. In Luke chapter 9, let me get over there in my Bible, we see some men who had a desire to follow Jesus. Uh, one man that uh, Jesus even desired for him to follow him. You look at Luke chapter 9, let's look at verses 57 through 16. 62, and then we'll, we'll flip over to chapter 10 in, in just a minute. Luke chapter 9, starting with verse 57. Now it happened as they journey on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. What was Jesus saying to this man? Well, he was saying, if you're really going to be a follower of mine, if you're going to be a disciple of mine, that you're going to have to depend upon God for the very most essential and basic needs of your life, your money, the place where you sleep at night, your meals, everything, you're going to have to give over to God, not depending upon yourself, but depending solely upon Him. And this man was not ready to make that move. Then he said to another, verse 59, Follow me. Jesus says, here's a guy I want. Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, this is, this is tough. Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. What was Jesus saying? He was saying that the, there are people dying everywhere, whether they're your family members. Where There are people dying daily that need to hear the gospel. And if you are going to follow me, you've got to put Jesus. You've got to put Jesus and the gospel ministry first in everything. I don't know how I would take that. Let the dead bury their own dead. But that's just to give, give us a sense of how important the ministry of the gospel and making disciples really is. Then we have uh, another one. Uh, verse 61. Another also said, Lord, I will follow you. 
But first, let me go and bid them farewell who are at my house. And Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. That is, once we decide that we're going to follow Jesus, that we're all in. We're not just here for the show, not just here for the free meal. For the, you know, my, grand, my granddad always said, if you can hot dog them in, I can hamburger them out. Uh, uh, but but not, people who are not just here for the show or for the fishes and the loaves, if we want to be real followers of Christ, you think about the disciples. They weren't just there for the show. They were there for the one-on-one time. They were there for the small group time. They were there getting that close relationship, soaking up everything that Jesus had to tell them. And once we decide we're going to follow him that way, there's no return to the former life, whether, whether good or bad. We give our life into God's hands, and he is in charge, and he can reinvent our life and remake us into whatever that he wants us to be. And we have to be willing to do that. He said to this young man, No one having put his hand to the plow looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. These are basic, basic things uh, if we want to be a disciple of Christ. And the one that sums them all up probably is back in verse 23. Uh, If you you maybe turn your page back for some of you, back in, in, in verse 23, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. And follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. And he goes on. For what profit is to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? And he goes on and on. Uh, we've, we've taken this. And some of you have probably memorized that verse and got it in your head. If, if any man should come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And surely that's a lot about God's holiness. We want to be holy as God is holy. But I believe what Jesus is hitting at here is to take up your cross, to take up your instrument of torture, the way that I have laid down my life for the church, for those who will believe in me, the way that I laid down my life for the world, that I could cover the, the sins of the world with my blood, the way that I have paved the way for salvation. We are to live our lives paving the way to salvation to all those people that we come in contact with. Now, we can't atone for anyone's sin. My blood won't cover any of your sins. I'm sorry. But I am to lay down my life. I am to take up my cross And I'm to follow Jesus and I'm to use every ounce of my life, everything that I have in me, that other people might be saved. And that's a very, very important point for us to get out of uh, Luke Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, verse 24. So those are the most basic things. He says, put your hands to the plow and don't look back. He says, depend upon God for absolutely everything. He says, put gospel, put Jesus and the gospel ministry first and everything. He said, don't, don't even go back to your own house and tell people, let's go, go, go. It's that important. And then deny yourself daily. Take up your cross daily. Deny yourself and follow me. So these are, these are the basics. So there were some guys that made the cut over in Luke chapter 10. And we, and we flip over to Luke chapter 10. It says, After these things the Lord appointed seventy others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. 
Then he said to them, and I like that. That's kind of a model discipleship. You see that? Uh, uh, Jesus' disciples spent a lot of time listening to him and learning from them before they ever did ministry themselves. And then there was a time where Jesus did the ministry and they assisted Jesus. And then they grew up a little bit. And they were doing ministry together. And, and then there's a time when the, the disciples were doing ministry and Jesus assisted. And finally, at Jesus' ascension into heaven... The disciples are on their own. They are ready and they are equipped to go out and to spread that gospel, of course, accompanied by the Holy Spirit. But, but we look here and, and Jesus is, is sending out these 70. In verse 2 it says, Then he said to them, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house, and if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon it. And if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such as they give. That's a good rule for mission trips, right? Whatever they put, uh, where he, uh, where they lead me, I will follow, and what they feed me, I will swallow. Um, so, so he says, to, to eat and drink such as they give, for the labor is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house, and what city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things that are set before you. Heal the sick there, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter, and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say, the very dust of your city which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you, that it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Okay, so, so these guys made the cut. They're willing to depend on God for everything. They're willing to follow Jesus no matter what. They, they, they really get the sense of the importance of the gospel message. So Jesus said, here's some other things that you need to do. And the first thing he says, he says, don't take a lot of stuff with you. Don't worry about your changes of clothes and extra sandals and, 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 and things like that. What's he said? Travel light. That's another good rule for mission trips, by the way. Travel light. Travel light. You think about, I've known some very brilliant men in ministry, young men that had such high hopes that got bogged down with the baggage of this world because they were bent on material things. And, uh, but we need, to, we need to travel light. You know, we cannot try to press God into our mold. We have to fit the mold that God has designed for our lives. Here's something else he says. Don't, don't carry money. Back in those days, uh, you know, uh, the, the girls were debating the, the finer points of cargo pants the other day. And uh, how it is that, you know, back in the 90s when cargo pants got real popular, we all thought that they would go away within a year and, and they're here to stay. And how nice it is to be able to take your phone out or your wallet out and put it in a different pocket depending on what you're doing or take your keys out, put them back here if you've got to carry something so it's not pressing into the fronts of your legs and, and things like that. Uh, but, but these men did not have cargo pants and they did not carry wallets like we carried wallets. In fact, most people carried money in a pouch tied to a string or a piece of leather that was around their neck. So that money pouch was pressed right up against their heart. And I think Jesus knew that when he was, when he was telling that. So if money is the thing that drives us, if we are constantly concerned with money, it muddies the waters of gospel ministry. Whether we're concerned with making a lot of money or whether we're concerned with not having enough money, 
We have to depend upon the Lord. Here's, here's the next thing that I think is kind of strange. And he says, greet no one on the road. You see somebody coming on the other side of the road, don't talk to them. That's weird, right? Because we think we're supposed to go talk to everybody everywhere. And, and I don't think that that's, uh, that's really what he was trying to say. But he said, be intentional, have a plan. You know, know where you're going, know what you're going to do. Um, you know, it's not so much that they were going to plan exactly what they were going to say when they got there, but, but be intentional. Go to the city that God has called you to go to and do ministry there. Be intentional about the mission, not flying by the seat of your pants. Be in tune with the Holy Spirit. And then I like where he says, he says a lot of different things, but, but I like where he talks about don't go from house to house. Don't go to, when you arrive in the city, you make a headquarters in somebody's house. You know, I, I, I was sharing this with some folks uh, last week. You know, my idea of that is, you know, you think of some people must have been praying for those disciples to come. Man, if, if some of these disciples of Jesus would just come into our town, people would be saved. People would listen to the gospel. People will realize that the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Messiah has come. And those people have prayed. And so when those disciples walked into that city, they said, we are so excited that you are here. Please, please stay with us. Now, we don't have anything but beans and franks to eat. But, but please stay with us. And, 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 you know, after, as they spread the gospel, I'm sure somebody would say, hey, where are you guys staying tonight? Why don't you come home and stay with us? We got a huge room that all of you can sleep in. What are they feeding you over there? Well, we're staying with the Johnsons and all they've got, the Johnsons, that just, that was just random, right? Okay. So we're staying with the Johnsons and all they've got are beans and franks. And they said, oh, we got this great room for you to sleep in. Every one of you will have a bed and we will feed you steak and lobster and whatever you want every night. And, and, but, but what did Jesus say? You go into one city and you stay in one house. So what's he saying? Don't use ministry to be a climber. Don't try, don't try to climb the ladder. You know, keep your eyes focused on Jesus and just being faithful to him. Um, and, and then he says this, uh, he talks about when, he, when they enter a city and, 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 and the people are just not going to listen. And sometimes that's going to happen. And I'm glad that Jesus told us that. Right, Brother Steve? Because Jesus, Jesus told us there's going to be some folks that they just won't listen. So don't spend too much time on the people who don't want to listen, move on. Because there are people who still haven't heard who want to hear. And that's our job, is to get out and to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Also, uh, and that, that kind of ties into this. We, we measure our success by faithfulness to the call of Christ, not by converts. Not how big a crowd. Jesus never measured the crowd. He didn't measure the crowd. He wanted disciples. He wanted people who loved him and wanted to give their lives for them. Not just people who would show up. Um, so, I, I'm glad that he, he talked to the disciples and to these 70 men in this way. Because sometimes when there are a few converts, we get discouraged. And when there are a few people, we feel like not many people are listening we could get discouraged and become lazy or want to quit. You know, maybe I'll just stop inviting people. You know, if nobody comes, maybe I'll just stop. But Jesus didn't tell us to get them there. 
I mean, we, 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 we need to do as good as we can to do that. But Jesus said, you're faithful just having gone. You're faithful just having preached the message and spoke, spoken the message. It's always amazing to me when we go out on visitation, and uh, this has happened with a, with a couple churches that I've, I've served in. You go out on visitation and uh, to visit someone who's never even been before. And they promise you, the moon, we're going to come, we're going to be there, we're going to, and guess what, they're not. But because we were faithful, God sends more people. You know, because we're faithful to spread the gospel, maybe that one person that we really wanted to believe, maybe they're not ready yet, but it's amazing how God sends somebody else that needs to hear and they pray and they receive Christ. So we just have to be faithful. If there were too many converts, we might begin to glory in it ourselves, wouldn't we? So it's all up to Jesus Christ. So we must ask ourselves the question, are we being faithful with what God has given to us and entrusted to us? These things are not only requirements but warnings. If we get off balance, it can destroy our effectiveness for the kingdom. And while God knows our limitations, He has determined that He's going to stretch us. So we can't cop out. This is just a little addition. We can't cop out by claiming the human factor. God wouldn't want to use me because I have a past. God wouldn't want to use me because I'm just not an effective speaker. Or God wouldn't want to use me because I don't know enough Scripture. You know, God is going to equip us to do this work. And uh, I pray that we meet not only the minimum requirements of a disciple of Christ, but that we start to look at the bigger things. Travel light. Don't be bogged down by the world. Don't be so worried about money. Um, Don't waste too much time with those who won't listen. There are a lot more who need to hear. Don't try to use ministry to climb and and to gauge your own success. Uh, don't waste time. Uh, don't, don't measure uh, our success by anything other than the faithfulness that we have to Jesus' call. And then we can become disciples who make disciples. Like I said, most churches um, are not set for doing that. We have become really in love with creating a good show. And not that we shouldn't do the music to the best of our abilities and, and not that we shouldn't expect the best from our pastors and the best from our Sunday school teachers and for them to give the best that they possibly can. But it's not about the show. It's not about Sunday and it's not about Wednesday. It's about every day of the week discipling someone. And I pray that you have someone discipling you and someone that you can disciple as well. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much for all who are gathered here today and what a joy it has been getting to know the young people, getting to know the older people. What a blessing that they are to me. And uh, they, I am learning and they are teaching me all the time. And I thank you for that wonderful gift. Lord, I, I pray that you will help each of us to invest in someone. Um, this world needs your gospel. But people also need a friend. People need guidance. We need, we need hand-holding the way that you held the hands of your disciples. And Lord God, that, that you will instruct us how to do that. Lord, this is not for show. This is for real. And Lord, when we become better at making disciples, it was just, we're just going to see all the added benefits that come along with that. So Lord God, help us uh, to be more bent towards that 
than we are towards uh, the other things that cloud our judgment and cloud our minds sometimes. So, Lord Jesus, uh, make whatever change is necessary, and we will do our best to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'll have-